Flawcast episode 134, Skynet Ascending. You can't be mad about losing something you didn't fight for. Anonymous. Flawcast. Get in the arena. That steamed Flawcast Nation, Flawcast listeners, want to thank and welcome everybody to another fun-filled, fact-filled, <laughs> triggering episode of Flawcast. As always, my partner in crime, Mr. Carl Tuckerson, is with me today. Good morning, Carl. Good morning, Mr. William. How are you this beautiful sunny day? Oh, I'm I'm actually in, in a in a pretty decent mood. Uh, <laughs> Believe it or not. So well, you have to be because this is now seven days away from the last time we got together. Yeah. So it is now the customary party time, celebration time, survival celebration of yeah. existing in this system, what we call the world. The world system. And uh, yeah. we're here to celebrate. So of course you're in a good mood. Yes. And uh wanna hope everybody is in a good mood that's listening and uh life is well and, and you're surviving and thriving more than that. But uh one thing we definitely want you make sure you share our episodes, uh, make sure you're subscribing, you're following, you're we are everywhere you can listen to podcasts, Flawcast or Flawcast CLE. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker. Uh, we are on Rumble under Flawed Inc. Uh, you can find us on our Project Mockingbird social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are on Google. We are, 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 we are on Gab. We are on Getter. We are on Parler. Uh, those are all under Flawed Inc. Link below to copy to get a copy of my book, Smith's Art of Man Repair Manual. Uh, please get one. And and leave a five-star review if you've already gotten one. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, also, if uh, you would like a copy, and uh, as we're going to discuss here in, in some detail, uh, the climate is changing, and we uh, <laughs> and we really want to sew into people. So if purse strings are a little tight, you would like a copy, and you just honestly can't afford one, uh, send us an email. Flawed Inc. C L E at gmail.com. Uh, be more than happy to send you the PDF version on the house. And also, that's a great email address for you to reach out to us any questions, comments, concerns. And uh, we'd be more than happy to address those. But that being said, it is Mr. Tuckerson's second favorite time of the episode. Okay, everyone, let's take our right hand, place it over our left heart, and let's repeat this together. I, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You know, it would just hit me as we said that, and I think maybe because what we're going to be talking about, the whole one nation under God, and it just as we were saying that, just how triggering that has to be to so many people. All right, so Carl is going to take the reins on this episode, and we have some interesting things, some intricate things to discuss with you. So make sure you listen, make sure you're attentive. We're going to mention the articles we're going to be sharing and try to leave links below in the bio. But with that being said, without any further ado, Mr. Tuckerson. Well, thank you, Mr. William, for that intro. Yes. Appreciate yes, that. You're welcome. So this thought has been formulating in my head. And funny enough, the way my thoughts seem to come together are 
incidental and accidental. For a lack of a better word, they're not intended, if that makes sense. Sure. It's like, sure. you know that we've discussed the starting the day and giving it to God and allowing him to lead you. Well, I believe for my life, he will actually lead me to people that cross my path and information. And then at that point, I start to embrace what he's doing, how he's triggering my thoughts. And so for this article that I'm going to read, it's about AI, which, artificial which, intelligence. Artificial, okay, think just to, just to clarify. Absolutely. Yeah. I had no idea two years ago, AI. I'm like, yeah, AI. Uh, so I've come a long way in two years, but it doesn't really take that long to figure out what's happening when you start studying all of this technology. In artificial intelligence, for those that, that genuinely don't know, it is, and I'm, you may get into it in a little more detail, but just to kind of give an overall explanation, it is the creation, the ascension, and implanting and installing artificial intelligence, which is computerized intelligence, which is getting the these computer systems to be self-aware, if you will, to think on their own, to be programmable lists, um, to not need to be programmed uh, and function on their own, uh, their own accord. So, Correct. I have had opportunities to meet people, and I know that God directs that. And one of the customers, I was able to work in their home not long ago. And they worked from home. They had 25 employees under them. They ran a division at a company. And the job was development of AI. So that customer was the perfect guy who was leading this division. And people were calling in him all the time. And he was trying to direct them and tell them and teach them and lead them. He told me he is so afraid of AI that he will not allow it in his home. Now, we're talking about a gentleman whose job is to develop the effectiveness of artificial intelligence. And he told me, point blank, I will not allow that in my home where I live. My children are pushing for it because they know what daddy does, but they don't understand. So I will not allow it in my home. So just to kept, uh, just to make sure we're all understanding, you had a client Correct. who was a creator, a implementer, a facilitator, and with a division underneath him, with employees underneath him, who actually had a hand in creating and installing artificial intelligence. And his overriding statement to you was he is so afraid of it and so concerned about it he himself, being a, a arbiter of this, will not allow this into his own home or his own family, children, to interact with it because it is that dangerous. Correct. And Whew, that's rather than that's a lot. Rather than somebody who does not know me and thinks that that is just hyperbole to add to the seriousness of this topic, if I had to. I could pull the file to have this guy's address, name, and phone number, but I won't. It's not necessary because, to be honest with you, Bill, I'm to the point where I don't really care if people believe it or not. And the reason that I say that, and it's not arrogant and it's not cold, again, I want to reiterate and iterate that 
my mission is to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in my life, to be faithful to why I was put on earth, to be faithful to why God ordained my time on earth now, and I will be true to that. And that is where my concern and my effort is going as I am getting older. See, you know my past, and you know that I used to speak and travel and go around and have crowds. And the thing that used to drive me was the results that would take place wherever I spoke. That was of major concern for different reasons. One of them being that whoever contacted me to speak again in the future was doing that based off of the results that would happen at the end of my sermon, lesson, speech, conference, or whatever. So you're always trying to get that next engagement. You're always trying to get into the system, the circulation of the system to give you opportunity to speak again. I don't care anymore. I don't care if they contact me. I don't care if they ostracize me. I don't care about the end result of what I have participated in delivering. I only care to know that at the end of what I have said and what I have delivered from Jesus, that he is pleased with me, that he is satisfied with me, that I have been faithful to him. That's it. Beyond that, my concern is non-existent. And I'm entering that, and I think it's because of my age. I think it's because of my maturity of going through the process and realizing a lot. And so going forward, I'm going to read an article to you. Well, I just want to share this because this is a quote that, and you know who Elon Musk is. Uh, yeah, I hope just about everybody does. But yeah. Well, this is a, he, he has been, a, before we get really into this, just to share how severe or how serious of a subject matter this really is. And Elon Musk, who is really at the forefront of most technology in the world today, he has a quote and it says, the least scary future I can think of is one where we have at least democratized AI. Also, when there's an evil dictator, that human is going to die. But for an AI, there would be no death. It would live forever. And then you'd have an immortal dictator from which we can never escape. So... And I see the look on your head. Just you know, I think that kind of maybe will reemphasize what you're about to talk about. But um, I just want to say that the, the severity of what we're talking about is it, it's not regulated to some cheesy science fiction movie. It's not regulated to uh, pa- uh, pages of a comic book. Uh, this is live action right now. In effect, we're being overwhelmed and overtaken by this, and I think a lot of people are oblivious to it. So, uh, please go ahead. They are, and the one, and the thing is, is that really, Mr. William, it is time for Christians to pull their head out of the sand and to be, say something else. to be disconcerned about what is really happening in real time, and then. Pushing off the responsibility of that topic to, well, God is in control. Yeah, I understand that. I get that, right? 
Right. We we know that. Well, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. So God knows. And so, but the thing is, is that it is our responsibility to be watchmen. It is our responsibility to discern. It is our responsibility to deliver the warning and the message to those people that aren't watching and that aren't discerning. And we need them to wake up because this is an attack and this is a devised effort of the interaction between demonic activity and humanity. And it is an attack on Christians and the kingdom of God. And most of all, God's prized possession, which are humans, which is humanity. We are the apple of his eye. And when the apple of my God's eye is becoming under attack, I will rise up against that. And so people need to wake up. And that is why we're doing this and taking this topic and discussing it. Because if... God is concerned about something. I am concerned about something. Correct. And to distance yourself from the concern because you're not God is not the right approach. I agree. Okay. So I want to read an article from our favorite, the Washington Post. <laughs> WAPO. And it was written August 31st, 2022. So most recently, Mr. William, yes, this is not ancient right. of days. This is, this is current. Yes. It was written by Emil Torres. So you say, who is that? A philosopher and a historian of global catastrophic risk. Well, I, I had no I idea did, there was such a job title. I had no clue that you could go to college and get a degree to be a philosopher and a historian of the global catastrophic risk. But this article begins like this. People are bad at predicting the future. Well, you don't have to go to college to understand, to understand that. Yeah. <laughs> but I like what's been said already. Right. Where are our flying cars? Why are there no ro robot butlers? And why can't I take a vacation on Mars? But we haven't just been wrong about things we thought would come to pass. Humanity also has a long history of incorrectly assuring ourselves that certain now inaccessible, inescapable realities wouldn't. The day before Leo Slizzard devised the nuclear chain reaction in 1933, the great physicist Ernest Rutherford proclaimed anyone who propounded atomic power was talking moonshine, meaning it's never going to happen. Right. Well, this was a brilliant physicist that said, in 1933, it will never happen. Even computer industry pioneer Ken Olson in 1977 said he didn't foresee individuals having any use for a computer in their home. We're talking about the most respected men of their time. We're talking about the most qualified men of their time era, of their period, in their field, making a proclamation and it being 100% totally incorrect and wrong. Right. So Torres is letting us see right out of the gate that we have no ability as a human to really predict what's going to happen in the future. Now, don't tell the climate change people that. 
okay, please, because I don't want to hurt their feelings. You mean Obama buying a $15 million mansion right on the ocean? That's a good example. Obviously, we live we live in a nuclear world, and you probably have a computer or two within arm's reach right now. In fact, it's those computers and the exponential advances in computing generally that are now the subject of some of society's most high-stakes forecasting. The conventional expectation is that ever-growing computer power will be a boom for humanity. But what if we're wrong again? Could artificial superintelligence instead cause us great harm or even extinction? Now, I forgot to mention that the title of this article is One Potential Side Effect of AI human extinction mm. that was the title and that's really what caught my attention because i have been watching commercials lately which i never do ever i just forward through but i was curious to see how many medications and pushings for different vaccines that they were going to do on each commercial you cannot make it through a two-minute advertisement commercial series of any movie or series without at least one pill or one vaccine being pushed. And every single time that they push it, they offer up side effects. <laughs> Am I correct? Yeah. Potential 100%. side effects. Yeah. If this happens, if that happens, and they do it so casually, right? Right. And I get the fact that if you're taking a heartburn pill and you start to experience liver problems, that that's something to be mildly concerned with, but that's how they handle the topic of mild concern. Right. This person is telling you that maybe one potential side effect for AI is just, oh, by the way, the extinction of humanity. And they just, it's like delivered in passing. Like, eh, no big deal. You know, like humans just go bye-bye. You know, I, I probably should wait a, a little while to get into the episode before we get into this. But to me, when I hear these kind of things, it, it's, it's all a, a spiritual principle. And, and we talk very often on our podcast about the spiritual principles of the kingdom of heaven. But that being said, there's also spiritual principles within the kingdom of darkness. And some of those principles or the idea of lesser magic and uh, the idea of as above, so below, which the legality of that is, is that people that are subscribed to that persuasion of faith, because as we have faith in Christ, there are people that do actually have faith and practice in, you know, uh, these luciferic, these dark arts, these satanic belief systems. And we've just discussed this even in our most recent uh, episode that came out this last week. And they derive spiritual power when when they release something or they give knowledge of something that is harmful, yet people still choose to partake of it. And I'll give you an example. This article, this guy is saying, hey, this could be a bad thing, but people will hear that and dismiss it and move forward. There is uh, that belief system that they de 
derive more spiritual power, not just over those individuals, but uh, from their from their Lord, their deity. You know, people ask me, well, how do you know this or how do you know that? I'm like, I, I just pay attention. I look at this stuff and I understand the, the principles that we follow in our life as devotees of Christ. The, they work exactly opposite in that in that realm. So it, it's all predictive programming. They're all warning people. You know, it's the same thing like with, you know, we talk about cannibalism. Okay, so Soul and Green was a movie in, you know, we talk about predictive programming. Soul and Green was a movie in the 70s with Charlton Heston. And, you know, the whole tagline of the movie is Soul and Green is people. And it was this dystopic future where there was food shortages and energy shortages, so on and so forth. It doesn't sound familiar at all. And people would mysteriously disappear because uh, apparently there was an overpopulation. Uh, and then the the citizenry, most of the citizenry in the world were dependent upon this thing called soy like green to give them nourishment and sustainability. Well, come to find out it's actually soil and green is people. Mm. So there's a lot of this predictive programming, but when you buy into that stuff that gives them spiritual power is basically all I'm saying. So when I... When I hear things like this, to me, if you don't heed their warning and you succumb to it, you fall as their prey. That makes perfect sense. The article goes on to say, but advances in computer science will lead to systems with increasingly general levels of intelligence, algorithms capable of solving complex problems in multiple domains, Imagine a single algorithm that could beat a chess grandmaster, but also write a novel, compose a catchy melody, and drive a car through city traffic. So, like, what they're saying is basically anything that a human can do. I can do all that. I really can. I can drive a car. I could compose a catchy melody from my perspective. Uh, if I probably studied chess enough and was taught, I would be competitive at a high level. So the idea that a computer will do all things that humans can now do is nothing more than an evil spirit that is influencing people for their own different reasons than what Satan and his kingdom and all the demons of hell are desiring, which is the elimination of God's prized creation, the elimination of the apple of God's eye, us, free will, moral agents created to worship and adore Jesus, created to have fellowship with him. They want to eliminate the soul and spirit part that God gave us and turn everything into a machine that has no spiritual life. There's really no other way for me to see it. They're going to tell you all these other reasons of why they're doing this and why they're trying to make this happen. But the truth of the matter is, no matter what their reason is, this is the end result from the perspective of Jesus. And that is what I am concerned with. I am not concerned with all these geniuses or what their intentions are. I have no concern. My concern is that What will that impact be on the concern that Jesus has? And from the perspective that he is seeing things, this is the end result of which he is looking at it. And so for that reason, Christians, take your head out of the sand, 
quit saying that God will handle this because his handling of a lot of things comes through the interactive relationship that you and I have every day with him. We are his extensions. We are his instruments. We are his advocates on earth. I want to summarize this with this last paragraph. It's unclear humanity will ever be prepared for super intelligence, but we're certainly not ready now. With all our global instability and still nascent grasp on tech, adding in ASI, which is artificial super intelligence, it's grown from AI, by the way. Um, artificial super intelligence would be lighting a match next to a fireworks factory. Research on artificial intelligence must slow down or even pause. And if researchers won't make this decision, government should make it for them. Some of these researchers have explicitly dismissed worries that advanced artificial intelligence could be dangerous, and they might be right. It might turn out that any caution is just talking moonshine and that ASI is totally benign or even entirely impossible. After all, I can't predict the future. I liked the closing of that. I want to give you one scenario and then we can move on. When you create AI, all you are doing is putting in a computer program whatever your purpose is for the computer. That's it. So in essence, what you have done is you have taken man and propelled him into a position of God over something, meaning that before human activity began, this didn't exist. We created this. Artificial intelligence is a creation of man for a specific purpose that that man or woman had when they created this. But what they're not considering is that when you write a computer program, the ability for you to brainwash, influence, control, manipulate that computer program doesn't exist. A computer program is not like a human being that can be influenced and brainwashed and, and changed and manipulated and all of these other adjectives that is being, do, being done now to our society. So they think that when they create a computer program that somehow they can manipulate that like they do humans. The truth is, is that when the computer program is written and done and finalized and locked and secured, that is the end of your involvement with being able to alter that computer program. It is then on its own. So if you write a computer program to bring world peace. The computer program isn't allowed and can't, it is impossible to be influenced by humans ever again after the conclusion of the program. So the computer program thinks literally 
It operates literally with the information that devised its existence. So if you're trying to get a computer program to figure out a way to eliminate war, the computer program is going to evaluate the situation and say, well, the only thing that is causing war are humans. That's a literal thought. That is a simplistic, lowest common denominator thinking, which is what a computer program does. It doesn't think. It responds to the information that created it interactively with the information that is put in in the program, which is how do we eliminate world war? It's simple. Eliminate humanity. Without humanity, you have peace. Well, that's effectively the whole plot of Terminator, the series, um, they, and they self-eventualize enough that they know there's a resistance, so they send Arnold Schwarzenegger back to kill John Connor, the leader of the resistance. There's a couple things you were talking about, and, and I want to hear the other part that you had, but you know the difference between humanity and what the Almighty has instilled in us versus artificial intelligence that these quote-unquote geniuses, I'd say mad geniuses created, is you cannot program conscience into something artificial. Artificial means it's not the genuine article. Like humanity is made in the image of likeness of God, and then artificial intelligence is made in the likeness of man. Uh, there's a de-evolution, if you will, even though you're talking about quote-unquote super intelligence uh you know and when that gentleman said the world isn't ready for super intelligence my thought gravitated to the creator because even as sophisticated a program or as highly evolved a thought process or a reason of deduction i would say that any kind of computer system could uh, be programmed to it, it's still foolishness to the the mind of the creator the other thing is and this is what's really scary is there was a scientist years ago his name was moore and he created uh, what was called Moore's Law, which is that technology exponentially increases at an almost unstoppable rate in within a two-year period. So if, if you just look at every two years incrementally, the technology will increase, like back in the day, having a, a big thing of storage. you know. But now you can put infinitely more data, if you will, digital data on a little thing. According to Moore's Law, there's an exponential increase in the rate, the speed, and the effectiveness of technology that I think at this rate is un unavoidable. Uh, we've already gone down that rabbit hole, if you will. Yeah, the, the concern that Emil Torres brings out later in the article is that in devising a computer program that is so powerful that AI would have the ability to bring world peace, when the program senses that humans have now tried to deprogram the program, that the deprogramming effort will be overridden by the computer program because they're realizing my mission is world peace. That's what I was programmed for. And the decommission of my mission will get in the way of me following my initial purpose. And so the concern is that when humans realize that they're at the 12th hour of existence and then they try and go back and eliminate this ASI program that they have 
put together that part of the programming that was done will be the unforeseen ability that the humans didn't know that they gave the ability for ASI to block that because they realize in accepting this, I will have failed my mission of bringing world peace. And so the concern is that at the point of launching this, there's no going back. You cannot step in and stop and override the initial program by another inserted program. And That's once, terrifying. Yes, and, and once again, the preconditioning this lesser magic is the whole idea of the Terminator series, which is exactly what happened. When humanity realized we have to shut this down and the artificial intelligence became self-aware, meaning that they were able to function completely apart from humanity. That's when they realized, like literally, like you just said, the only way to stop world peace is to annihilate humans. And at that point it was too late. And Moore's law is not a regressive law. It is a progressive law to whereas my reading and understanding, I think we actually did an episode about that uh, probably about a year ago, but my understanding of Moore's law is that it does not regress. It only progresses. And, and I, don't, I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but uh, an article we've talked about before and I shared with you is from the Wall Street Journal, Are You Ready for the End of Humanity? Which, to me, they, they talk about the transhumanism movement, which is something that we talk about frequently. And I, I hope Carl's going to get into this because how this lesser this idea of lesser magic is being sold to people, in my opinion, is the idea of transhumanism, which basically is the intersection of technology with humanity and this is a really really slippery slope because you know you talk about the sai and, and all this stuff i believe how this is going to be sold is through this transhumanist movement uh, which i think is a complete abomination i don't know if you wanted to share any of that that article Carl. Sure, I just wanted to read the one paragraph. Yeah, please. It says, Sounds bitterly ironic now in the midst of a global pandemic, but not long ago, some of the most forward-looking people in the world believed that humanity was close to abolishing death. If you ask me today... It is possible. If Is it possible to live to be 500? The answer is yes, said Bill Maris the founder of Google Ventures in 2015. Three years later, biomedical researcher Aubrey de Grey estimated that people in middle age now have a fair chance of never dying. Eternal life through advanced technologies seems like a pipe dream for a society that until recently had trouble manufacturing enough masks to save doctors and nurses' lives, yet COVID-19 may be just the kind of crisis needed to turbocharge efforts to create what its advocates call a transhuman future. With our biological fragility more obvious than ever, many people will be ready to embrace the message of the transhumanist declaration. It's an eight-point program first issued in 1998. Which, oddly enough, was uh, the same year the, the Matrix came out. But Is it really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, I know we've talked about that transhumanist article many times. 
and I know when I shared that article with you, you saw the instant connection to where it's surplanting literally what the Almighty made. When you start delving into these realms of we are going to live forever on our own Correct. accord, it's the Tower of Babel for a digital age. And where we're at with that, it, uh, you know, we're constantly competing with Moore's Law. There's camps, I think, that are like full steam ahead with this. And the fact that you're reading these kind of articles in the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, you know, New York Times, so on and so forth, like these are all, in my opinion, these uh, globalist, Luciferian, eugenics, death call mouthpieces, controlled spokesmen for this movement. And they're announcing what they're doing. And once again, it's that idea of lesser magic. When you talk about the the implanting or the programming of these thoughts into the general conscience of people, there's this hive mind thought where, okay, this is good. I don't have to think. I don't have to do anything. I can go into the metaverse, which is something we've talked about. And these are all things that are tied into one another, that I can live in this effective state of uh, euphoria, having my goggles, having my, uh, you know, headphones on and interacting in this digital world where it's not reality. Um, But it's ultimately meant to enslave humanity, I believe. Yeah, I just see it. I think I'll conclude with this. You could go a million different directions, but it is nothing more than the two greatest accomplishments that God has ever done, according to him. And Satan desiring to be able to do the same, and he cannot. We've discussed before, he is not a creator. The devil cannot create. The only thing he does is manipulate and deceive that which is already made and created. So the two greatest accomplishments are this. God took dust, formed it, and breathed the breath of life into it, and man became a living creature. He took nothing and made something. That is one of the greatest desires that the devil has, is to be able to be recognized as a creator. And when you have your minions and you have your instruments and your tools and your children, the children of Satan, creating something out of nothing and calling it ASI, all you're doing is imitating God. You're taking something that didn't exist and you're creating it and you're trying to be God. And for no other reason than your continued eternal purpose, which is to overthrow God, which got Satan kicked out of heaven. So he is trying to follow in the footsteps of our creator, God, and be a creator himself, which he is not. The second thing that I see is the article that I just read from talking about transhumanist and establishing the eight laws and all that is that I will be able to give the ability to live forever. Well, that's already been done through the death and resurrection of my savior, Jesus Christ. So God's second greatest, and I don't even mean that they're in order of one and two. I just mean the two most pleasing things that he has done 
is he has created man and sat back and celebrated by resting and then knowing that his son was willing on his own to come and lay his life down and then pick it back up again and resurrect to become the perfect sacrifice for us for sin where we by have entered into eternal life. So like I don't need Elon Musk to tell me I can let you or make you or give the ability to you to live forever. I'm already going to live forever. I don't need that. I don't want that. And here's the thing that can blow their mind. Death is not something that scares a Christian. So they're scared and terrified of dying. They all want to live forever. They all fear dying because they know that when they go to sleep and they leave this earth, they can't take their positions of manipulation and dictatorship and false monarchy and nobility with them when they go to hell. So they have to live forever here on earth because their promise is damnation in fire, hell. I don't have that same promise. So I don't have that fear of death because as Paul says, to be absent from the body is to be present to the Lord. It doesn't matter. And so don't tell me that you're going to create this great thing that's going to give me eternal life. I've already had those two things given to me by my father and Jesus. I was created by him. And I will live forever as my spirit joins him in heaven throughout eternity. So I reject what they're offering me. I don't want it. I don't need it. It is detestable to me. It is despicable to me in the perspective of which I look at it. And so what I am saying is, Mr. William, this whole thing from the perspective of Jesus is nothing more than again, an effort to eliminate his prized creation and to propel computers, false humans, genetically altered crimeas and animalistic humans and everything else that we could do another episode about and we've already done, diluting humanity because humanity was shaped and formed by God, the creator. And that is all this is. I agree. I think if that's not apparent to you, then I would really strongly encourage you to go and do a little more deep diving into what we're talking about. And and personally, this is just one aspect of the overall assault, I think, that's happening on humanity. And I agree that the greatest things that the Lord talks about is the creation and redemption of humanity, uh, which is something that the evil one, it's, his agenda is exactly opposite. It's the decimation and then the ultimate damnation of humanity. And this is, this is what's being presented. You know, you, the idea of uploading your essence or your soul in a digital format is it's foolishness. It's it just, it's impossible. So, um, and like you said, to be absent from the body is be present with Christ. That's another translation. But once again, think what you will. This is just absolutely. We're giving you our take. We are presenting things that are in mainstream culture and trying to decode, once again, the idea of lesser magic, trying to reintroduce not as a art to practice, but as a scheme to be aware of 
these practitioners of lesser magic, the idea of as above, so below, that they are trying to infiltrate the salvation and the essence of the creator that is deposited within us. So that's what this is, boiled down to its lowest common denominator but we want to do think we do want to thank you guys for listening please subscribe please share wherever you can listen to podcasts flawcast flawcast cle apple google play spotify breaker we are on rumble under flawed inc we're on the project mockingbird social media facebook twitter instagram gab parlor and getter under flawed inc as well the link is below to get a copy of my book smith's heart of man repair manual um get one if you've got one please leave a five-star comment that stuff or five-star review that stuff all helps and um our email is flawedinccle at gmail.com if you like a copy of the book can't afford one please send an email i'd be happy to give you one on the house uh if you have any questions comments concerns if you have any information you'd like to bring the light to us that we would be able to digest and take a look at we'd love that also so that being said um watch out for sky